800 AM and 94.9 FM KINY Juno from the Alaska Airlines Studio. Local first. Now, News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis, and these are the stories we're following this hour. News of the North spoke with the National Weather Service this morning about our winter storm. Plus, there's a long list of closures that have occurred around CBJ due to the winter storm itself. And the Alaska Legislature's big education funding bill will reach the floor of the Alaska House of Representatives by next week. But first, News of the North spoke with Andrew Park from the National Weather Service about our winter storm, which started very soon after our previous one. Yeah, it's turned into back-to-back long-duration snowfall events. Uh, really complex setup we had with this one where uh, we had warm air moving in, but the persistent cold outflow from Canada just stuck around way longer than anticipated and, and really helped drive what we thought would be a shorter-term duration event to a much longer than anticipated event. We started out with around 18 inches at our office on Friday, um, and then we ended right now, you know, the snowpack is measuring around 35 inches. Here's what we're looking at for snow accumulation leading into Wednesday. We're stacking up. We expect an additional foot or so of snow through the day today. Maybe if we are optimistic, we'll see less if we can transition over to a freezing rain or rain. But right now, given the persistence of these winds and the colder air in place, we're thinking we're yeah, another foot to safe bet through Wednesday morning, and then we, we might transition over then over to rain by then. Yesterday's snow accumulation broke a record for January 22nd with 11 inches of snow. The previous record was about 5 inches of snow set back in 1969. Travel will be very difficult as the hazardous conditions could impact your commute. Increased snow load may affect vessels and other property. Uh, it's going to be similar conditions that we've seen previously. Uh, the difference is that this might transition to more of a, a wetter, heavier snow as we get um, hopefully warmer air moving in. and. and That'll be the signs of come if we start seeing, you know, wet, heavy snow. That means warm air starting to win over and, and push the cold air away. So, If you must travel, keep an extra flashlight, food, and water with you in case of an emergency. At this time, the avalanche risk remains high, and the public is asked to stay aware of their surroundings. The winter storm warning has been extended to 3 a.m. tomorrow. The storm has led to a number of closures throughout the Juneau area today, first of which were schools were closed today for all in-person classes, rally, in-person meetings, and after-school activities. However, the school district did once again transition to doing remote learning. CBJ had chosen to close all of its offices and facilities last night, and state offices in both Juneau and Douglas are closed again today. The Department of Transportation and Public Facilities has released an update with regards to Thane Road, which was closed last night due to avalanche concerns. The road is now open again as of 11.05 a.m. for a limited reopen and will reclose at 4 p.m. today, which will extend overnight. Your reassessment will take place tomorrow morning, and residents will be notified to prepare for a potential multi-day closure. DOT will provide more updates on the situation as it changes. And the Alaska Legislature's big education funding bill will reach the floor of the Alaska House of Representatives by next week, according to a leading Republican lawmaker on Monday. Representative Craig Johnson, a Republican out of Anchorage and chair of the House Rules Committee, said, We're going to get it out. It's not going to sit anywhere. On Saturday, members of Johnson's committee heard more than seven hours of public testimony, mostly in favor of a large increase in Alaska's funding for public schools. The committee declined to fulfill that request before advancing Senate Bill 140 to the House floor. The bill proposes a $300 increase to the state's base student allocation, the funding formula for public schools, 
but that would actually be a year-over-year -year cut due to the expiration of a one-year $340 per student bonus payment authorized in 2023. The committee's proposed action would nevertheless be the largest permanent bump for the base student allocation since it was created. School districts have requested a $1,413 per student increase, enough to make up for inflation since 2012, and the Alaska Senate approved a $680 per student increase in a separate bill last year. Coming up, the Coast Guard and Good Samaritans rescued four people after their vessel capsized approximately two nautical miles northeast of Chuniak Island on Sunday. That story when News of the North continues. The Coast Guard and Good Samaritans rescued four people after their vessel capsized approximately two nautical miles northeast of Chuniak Island, Alaska on Sunday. Coast Guard Sector Anchorage watchstanders received a report over VHF Channel 16 at approximately 4.31 p.m. from the crew of Alaska Rose, a 46-foot fishing vessel stating their vessel was taking on water. Watchstanders issued an urgent marine information broadcast on VHF Channel 16 and launched a Coast Guard Air Station Kodiak MH-60 Jayhawk helicopter aircrew. The helicopter aircrew arrived on seat approximately 4.56 p.m., located one person on the overturned vessel, hoisted them, and transferred them to Air Station Kodiak, where they were met by local EMS. The crew of Good Samaritan vessel Kylia arrived on scene at approximately 5.02 p.m., rescued three people from the water, and transferred them to Kodiak, where they were met by local EMS. Lieutenant Madeline Ramitos, Sector Anchorage Command Duty Officer, said, I wholeheartedly thank the Good Samaritans involved. The quick response between them and the helicopter crew played a major role in the positive outcome of this case. The cause of the incident is under investigation, and weather conditions at the time of the rescues were 30-knot winds and 8-foot seas. Alaskans trying to quit their tobacco habits made some significant progress over the past year, according to the annual report released this week by the state's Tobacco Prevention and Control Program. The program, which includes the tobacco quit line, helped 1,753 Alaskans stop smoking or using smokeless tobacco or electronic cigarettes in the 12 months ending on June 30th, according to the annual report. The report also noted that the program gave support to 21 community organizers, produced and distributed anti-vaping toolkits to 52 of the state's 54 school districts, and it also supported some districts' efforts to find alternatives to suspension policies that reduce missing school days for students who are found to be vaping. Statewide, smoking alone is linked to about 600 deaths a year. Alaskan citizens' successful use of the state's secession program in 2023 continues a trend tracked since the mid-1990s. Then, 28% of Alaska adults smoked, and more than a third of high school students smoked as well. After the state in 1997 slapped a hefty tax increase on cigarettes and other tobacco products, making Alaska's tobacco tax the highest in the nation at the time, smoking rates fell dramatically among high schoolers and more gradually for adults. Other new laws, regulations, and policies also discourage tobacco use, which was noted in the annual report. The most recent information cited in the annual report puts the adult smoking rate at 17% in 2021 and the high school smoking rate at 8% in 2019. And Alaska's most populous corridor can generate most of its electricity through renewable energy, but will require significant upfront capital investment, according to a University of Alaska Fairbanks team in a new report. The report issued last week by UAF's Alaska Center for Energy and Power found that by 2050, non-fossil energy can supply anywhere from 70% to 96% of the power needed to produce electricity along the rail belt, the region that comprises communities from Fairbanks in the interior to Seward on the Kenai Peninsula, the corridor along the Alaska Railroad line that hold the vast majority of the state's population. 
The report compared four scenarios for power generation, from a continuation of the concurrent heavy reliance on natural gas to varying blends of solar, wind, hydro, tidal, and nuclear energy. Under the business-as-usual scenario, with continued use of existing power plants, some new fossil fuel units, and continued use of wind and solar energy at their current rates, renewables would supply 11% of the energy to generate electricity, and required capital investment would be $2.3 billion. The other scenarios would require much more investment, $7.7 billion for a mix of integrating tidal power, wind, and solar to achieve 70% renewable energy, $10.1 billion for a mix of wind, solar, and a small modular nuclear reactions to achieve 96% zero-carbon generations, and $11.8 billion for a mixture of large-scale hydro, wind, and solar projects to achieve 88% renewable energy. These findings were presented on Friday during a meeting of the State Senate Resources Committee. Now you're up to date with News of the North. I'm Jordan Lewis. For continuous updates, visit our website, kinyradio.com.